one of my classmates um, came up to me during the reunion and he was like, you know, a lot of people are really surprised that you're here because you weren't treated very well, but you came back. And, and I just said, I was like, look, this is, this is where I'm from. This made me who I am. I can't deny that. And, and I think to your point now, it's, it's, it really is having gratitude. Like I, it was not a happy time. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't wish it on anybody. Um, would I relive it? And you know, it's kind of like, hmm, could I go back and change it? Well, but then I wouldn't be who I am. So I have to, you know, I have to learn to appreciate what that's done for me and have gratitude ultimately. Um, and and it, that's been a long journey. Um, and and the book actually is you know, part of the book is about that journey because empathy is also critical in reaching forgiveness. Um, and, you know, how do I get to the place where I can forgive my classmates who, you know, were 10 or 12 years old, we didn't really know what we were doing, but they, they had their own things that they were dealing with. And as I write about in the book, we were all just wounded animals. that's kind of bumping into each other. And it wasn't about me ultimately. It was about whatever they were going through. Uh, and that's how they were, you know, lashing out. So I have appreciation. I guess I would say I have gratitude um, for what I w- went through and how that has shaped me into the man that I've become. Thank you, thank you from my heart, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you from my heart, from. Stay connected to gratitude. Hit the follow button right now and join thousands of listeners tuning in each week. We're the Gratitude Seekers. Come join us. gratitude seeker welcome to a new episode of the gratitude podcast our guest today has a superpower his superpower is empathy and he's a known empathy activist he's written a book tell me more about that solving the empathy crisis one conversation at a time and um, he centers his his book around his years of experience conducting thousands of in-home interviews with everyday people and applying those experiences to illustrate five steps to empathy. I think it's a really wonderful topic and um, it relates wonderfully with gratitude because um, like gratitude is something that we can work on, we can build the muscle of empathy as we can build the gratitude muscle. Hello, Georgian. It's great to be here. Thank you for having <laughs> me on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure. So uh, let us know a little bit more about you. I just uh, wanted to give this short intro uh, before you jump in and uh, let our audience know more about you. I know you've done some amazing things in, in your life and in your career. Maybe. Um, talk a little bit about that as well sure yes i'd be happy to so um um, i'm live in san francisco currently um i grew up in the midwest in indiana which is a i guess some people would refer to it as a flyover state uh in in the united states um and i've always been fascinated by human behavior and what can influence human behavior and change it um and that it the kind of origins of that go back to my childhood in Indiana. Uh, We had moved into a small town um, where didn't know anybody. Family was originally from New York. Uh, We have an Italian last name that was not common uh, at the time in Indiana, probably still isn't common in Indiana at this point. 
But going into uh, fifth grade uh, elementary school, the kids all started to tease me and bully me and, and refer to me as being gay. And I didn't understand what gay was. I was in fifth grade. I was, you know, 10, 12 years old at that point. Um, and I started to, I mean, it, obviously it hurt quite a bit, but I've, it was that moment. It was the, I, I talk about it as my origin story. And, you know, like when Spider-Man was bitten, I mean, Peter Parker was bitten by the spider. He became Spider-Man. That was like my spider bite that uh, really awakened my empathy skills because I started to use empathy to navigate through and, and um, try to get along with the other kids so that they wouldn't tease me as much. And, and it became a survival skill. Um Years later, as an adult, then I started to, the, those skills and interests started to come back up and I got interested in marketing as a career and, and um, wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something in marketing. And so I started uh, working at a PR firm and I had a long you know, 15 or so years doing different marketing related uh, activities. But I always enjoyed those moments where I could interact and engage with real people, the consumer, um, and understand people's reactions to products or how they were thinking or feeling about things. And so finally, uh, you know, the universe puts those things in front of you, puts the signs and the opportunities there, and you either, uh, you know, pay attention to them and do something about them or you ignore them. And then the universe puts it back in front of you a few years later and you've got to, you know, to confront it then. And so finally, one of those times I was like, Hey, wait a minute. I'm, I actually, I like understanding all of this and oh, there's this opportunity to moderate and actually go out and do proper interviews with people and find out how they think and feel. And, and so I got trained and I was you know, a month after I got trained I found myself in a Walmart uh, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, so all the way on the other side of the country from where I live, standing in the frozen vegetable aisle, waiting for shoppers to notice a product from Green Giant that was in test market. And I absolutely loved it. I mean, I might have intercepted six people over the course of six hours, but just the observation and, and the engagement with everybody absolutely loved it and really trying to connect and understand who they, they are and, and what they were all about, what was motivating them. And um, just really fell in love with that and really became kind of my calling as a career. And then uh, started doing that, was working with uh, at a firm and then noticed in 2010, there was a, study that came out from the University of Michigan uh, that found they did a, a meta-analysis, a study of studies of uh, campus life surveys. And one of the questions that they were looking at was, can you see the point of view of your classmates? In other words, can you have empathy with others? And starting in 2001, there was a 40% decline in the ability to have empathy with others. And that number never went up. And that was compared to previous decades. The study started, they looked at data from 1979 to 2009. So there's this 40% decline. And it actually, it made the news. It was on CNN. I remember standing in an airport, seeing that and the little ticker going by, college students have 40% less empathy than previous decades. And I'm like, oh my God, that's bad. Like we got to do something about this. And I'm looking around and, you know, there's some people sitting at the bar at the airport having a beer. And then there's other people racing for their flight. And I just felt completely alone in that moment, but realizing like, this is really bad news and we've, we've got to do something. And I was seeing it even then in my work where you know, when I go out and we we interview somebody, it's also about it's it's about us connecting and understanding them, having empathy with the respondent, but it's also about our clients and helping our clients get to a place of empathy. And it was really challenging for a lot of them to do that. And these are well educated. You know, they've got their graduate degrees. They're working at some some of the world's leading multinational companies, but they were having struggles getting past their judgment, knowing how to listen and, and make sense of it all. And I was like, okay, there, there's, there's something here. And, and the people that were talking about the then empathy crisis weren't necessarily telling us what to 
do. They were saying, you know, and, and how to actually get to empathy. It was the, oh, well, you just need to go watch the TV shows that they're they're watching and you need to go to the restaurants that they go to. But nobody was saying that, hey, if you can't dismantle your judgment, you're, it doesn't matter. You're just going to go have a meal in a restaurant. You're not going to actually build empathy with somebody because your judgment's going to get in your way and it's going to cloud your experience. So as I, I left the firm that I was at, I started my own firm, Ignite360, and empathy became one of our foundational principles and all of our projects and what we do. And we started to look at empathy in more detail and start to understand through the experiences we were having and also with the, the uh, studies that were being conducted from neuroscientists to developmental psychologists, like what was really happening with empathy and with people. And it was through that that we identified the five steps to empathy. And that's then become the basis of a training program that we offer. And then I turned that into the book, but using my own stories and my own experiences going into people's homes to bring all of that forward. And so I now have a new book coming out and uh, you know, at, at the timing of it, it's, it's, I've been working on the book for six years the timing of it is is fascinating because it, you know in six six years ago we needed this, but we need it even more now than we did six years ago. And and as people are coping with the pandemic uh, around the world and uh, feeling that their their employers aren't necessarily supporting them or they're they're having trouble connecting with people that have different points of view about um, vaccines or some of the safety precautions. Empathy is just needed more and more uh, every day, and and now finally people are are aware of it, and you're starting to hear the the phrase used a lot more. Spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning up after each meal. Stress-free eating is just one click away this spring. Factor's delicious meals range from calorie smart keto protein plus to vegan and veggie and they're ready in just two minutes customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle also discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast on-the-go lunch snacks and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long Head to factormeals.com slash gratitude50 and use code gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's gratitude50 at factormeals.com slash gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree and it's so much easier to um to deal with everything to to manage these kinds of situations when you have empathy when you understand that um from their point of view they're right and um it's okay that they believe some things whether you believe that or not and um that even if it's something different from what you believe that is the the right thing the fact that you can have empathy and can understand and see the other person's perspective and accept it, it's freeing for you uh, yeah. in the first in the first time, and also for society in general because we are much stronger if we are united instead of um, thinking we are um, separate and that we have separate goals for our life and for society in general because ultimately we we want the same things if we get to the to the bottom of it but uh, i'm really curious uh, to get your viewpoint on how you see um gratitude being related to empathy uh, the link between the two oh i've been eager to talk to you about this and talk with you and get your thoughts on it as well, because it's almost a 
chicken and egg sort of relationship, like which came first or which one feeds into the other. Um, I have seen and heard, and I know some of your um, guests have talked about how you need, um, but by having gratitude, um, you it helps you be more empathetic. And I think that that's absolutely the case when you're able to express gratitude, see something and appreciate it it does open you up, but it's all about that sort of opening experience. But empathy, I think also can help you get to a place of gratitude as well. And, and, and maybe that's because the two are similar than it's about how you're seeing things and how you're perceiving something. Um, and, and so it takes awareness to do that um, to train yourself to get into that mindset to build up the muscle for both of those two things. Um, but I think that empathy can fuel some gratitude, but gratitude also fuels your ability to have empathy. I think they they kind of work in. I'm not going to say tandem, but they work together. Um, mm. But I'd love I'd love to hear your opinion on that. <laughs> well. Definitely. And um, yeah, I'll tell you my opinion. And afterwards, I have a, a follow-up question. So sure. um, the fact that we are able to uh, to see where uh, the other person stands um, and show them appreciation, for instance, in, in different situations can mean the world to them. And when we when we understand that, for instance, um, let me give you an, ex an example of my own. Um, we have a service here for water delivery. Um, it's pretty amazing because the, the price is quite similar to the um, bottled water that I get uh, from the supermarket, but I get to recycle the bottles and um, basically they are uh, giving me the, uh, the water, they are um, transporting it to my door. So I'm really happy with the, with the service and it's really amazing that I'm, uh, I'm able to have this experience and to make it so easy um, for, for myself. And I always think about the person who is delivering and when I thank them, I, I think about uh, their, yeah, his situation and uh, how he is delivering um, the water at my door and afterwards he needs to go and deliver some more in different places. And um, when I say thank you and I say goodbye, I, I always like to, to think about and to... Um, Wish, wish him safe trips and um, just to appreciate uh, his effort and the fact that he's doing this with such joy and professionalism and um, that really makes me feel grateful and knowing that um, the person is, is putting some effort to do this for me um, is a sign of empathy and is a way of me appreciating and um, understanding his work. And um, of course, this when I had the chance, I, I also uh, gave some positive feedback for, for that person. And I love to do this as often as possible because I, I know that in many situations, um, people don't get the positive feedback um they uh, even though they are doing a great job and we can say thank you which is amazing and they feel appreciated directly by us it's always am amazing to be able to also um let other people know their uh, bosses let's say um that they, they are doing a great job you know and um yeah i think this is this is a really good example no it's i think that's a great example and and 
as you pointed out, you you used empathy. You had you developed empathy with the the delivery person, and that it helped you probably have even greater gratitude for the service that I think you said it was a man, the service that he was providing for you. Um, so empathy helped you kind of take it to the next level of of gratitude and appreciation, and then even motivated you to reach out to the um, company and, and uh, share some praise. Um, I was on a, a call earlier today. I was doing a presentation on empathy and the role of empathy in the workplace for an organization. And, and at the end of the presentation, we went around and people from different functions were sharing how empathy shows up in, in their jobs and um, the customer service individuals, uh, it was their turn to, to talk. And one woman was talking about how the people that take the time to actually reach out and to, you know, whether it's to complain or to, to offer praise is a much smaller percentage than the total number of people that are certainly buying the product, but even that may want to say something, but aren't all the way motivated to, to do that. So I wonder if, uh, you know, it's that uh, there's, there's a, we were talking about the sort of passion that exists for people that will reach out again, whether it's, it's, you know, coming from a, place of them filing a complaint or, Hey, I want to say somebody did a great job, or I really love this. Um, and I think, uh, you know, empathy helps you understand, but gratitude helps you, um, uh, get to that deeper place of appreciation where I think you, it, it does start to tap into, um, and, and can spark some passion so that you're like, yes, I want to share that, uh, appreciation. Definitely. Definitely. And you somehow anticipated my my follow up question, and um, I would really appreciate if you would share an example of your own. Um, sure. So, how does empathy and gratitude work together for me? So, actually, another conversation I was having today. I love how all these things kind of line up and build up to this. <laughs> <laughs> I was chatting with. Uh, I was having a conversation with a friend. And she, she's a yoga instructor uh, here in San Francisco. And she, um, one of her clients, one of her corporate clients was asking her to now go back to their office space as they're starting to do a return to, to the office. And she showed up and she's been, you know, doing yoga over Zooms for almost two years now since the pandemic started teaching classes and she went back to the office building. It was a large uh, uh, tenant downtown San Francisco. And she went into their building and she saw the security guards. And she said there were you know, four or five of them. Um, she saw the same security guards that she hadn't seen them in two years, but it was the same people. And she started to talk to them and they told her how they, you know, they had to keep coming into work every day. Um, and then she started to realize how much, um, what that actually meant for them in terms of having to, you know, they were going to a building that was basically empty, but they needed to take mass transit. Uh, they needed to, to, you know, put themselves at a greater degree of risk to the pandemic than other people. And yet she hadn't really thought about them in those kind of two years, but their lived experience, she was realizing, she was able to have empathy with them and, and recognize that their lived experience was so different from her own and, and from mine and, and other people. And we started talking about that and how much gratitude she had for them and the work that they were doing and, and you know, frontline employee in a, a certain way. Um, of, of putting themselves out there, but they were, you know, they were still having to juggle kids not in school and, and the other things that had been going on. Um, but it had to be going into to work. So she just had greater appreciation and gratitude for the job that they were doing. And that came from, she was able to have empathy and put herself into their shoes and imagine what that life would have been like. So um, that, that's the first example that pops into my mind. I love that. I love that. And I think um, 
what our listeners are doing right now as they're listening to us is an exercise of empathy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully they are, you know, dismantling their judgment uh, that they might have, you know, they, they're familiar with you. I'm, I'm somebody that's probably new to many of them. And there may be judgment that they have because I live in San Francisco, I live in the United States, I'm a man, I'm a gay man, who knows, they don't like the sound of my voice, um, so many different things. But if they can get beyond the judgment, and then you know, you're asking the good questions, um, but if they're actively listening to everything that we're saying and then sort of deeper meanings uh, that, that we're providing, um, then they can start to, as I call it, integrate into understanding, which you had referenced earlier, which is that understanding of the differences and, and making room in your head that, hey, and the example I always use is like, hey, I, I really like chocolate ice cream. You like vanilla ice cream. That's not my favorite, but that's okay. I, I, I have room in my head to understand that other people like other flavors of ice cream and that's perfectly acceptable and that's fine. Um, and now if I ask you some questions about why you like vanilla, I may actually learn to appreciate it a little more myself or just know more about who you are as a person. And that's where then you start to use what I call your solution imagination to step into the shoes of somebody else and start to see the world from their perspective. Exactly, exactly. And um, in, in this sense... Basically, um, when when our listeners um, tune into uh, our conversation and um, hear the stories, this is what's what's wonderful about us humans that we are able to um, to live on on a certain level. What we are hearing, uh, we can imagine the story. We can imagine. To a certain degree, how it is to uh, to be in that situation, and uh, especially in these uh, gratitude stories that we're sharing here, they're able to experience that gratitude as they would uh, if they would themselves be there. And I love that. I think it's it's a wonderful gift that we have uh, to to be able to to learn from each other in such a way and to experience each other in in such a way i, I think this is uh this is something amazing that that we humans are are capable of i completely agree there's um as i've been on this journey with you know, bringing the book to fruition and i've been connecting with other people that are you know just bold enough or comfortable enough to put empathy in their um, either it's in their job title or it's in their short little description on LinkedIn. And I'd try to find those people, connect with them and, and hear more about what they're doing. And it's just incredible. Um, and I would imagine in the gratitude space, it, it's, it's similar. And in other areas, just all the little things that everybody is doing and each one of us is, is, tossing the pebble into the pond. And if enough of us are putting the pebbles into the pond, it's going to create the waves that will ultimately bring about the change in society that we, you know, we want to see and we hope to see and that we're working towards. Um, and then getting to hear everybody's stories is, is just such a gift. And they're the sort of the origin stories, you know, what, what was somebody else's spider bite? It was probably different from mine but it's turned on a superpower for them and the way that that's now showing up and, and being expressed in their personal and professional lives. is just, I think, fascinating. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, uh, another way this relates to gratitude is that uh, since you mentioned the origin story, it's usually uh, something as perceived as negative or uh, an actual negative situation um, that led to people discovering something inside of them or um, a path to go on and to explore more. And I think that's, uh, that's really interesting and 
people usually um when they think back in about some of the their challenging times um many of them are grateful actually for for those situations because it led they led to to who they are today and um to doing the work that they're doing to, today and i'm guessing it's something similar in your case as well right oh my gosh absolutely i it, you know that that part of my childhood was not a happy time um by any stretch and i definitely carried you know those wounds for for quite a while however i also i, I never deny where i'm from i always say you know like oh i grew up in you know whatever the name of the town is in indiana i grew up in small town indiana um I went back to, I think the first, it was the first high school reunion I went back to. So, you know, five years after. And at that point I was living in Los Angeles. I was working in Hollywood um, at 20th Century Fox, I think. And, you know, so I was living a very different life than, than my classmates. And one of the, one of my classmates um, came up to me during the reunion and he was like, you know, a lot of people are really surprised that you're here because you weren't treated very well, but you came back. And, and I just said, I was like, look, this is, this is where I'm from. This made me who I am. I can't deny that. And, and I think to your point now, it's, it's, it really is having gratitude. Like I, it was not a happy time. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't wish it on anybody. Um, would I relive it? And you know, it's kind of like, hmm, could I go back and change it? Well, but then I wouldn't be who I am. So I have to, you know, I have to learn to appreciate what that's done for me and have gratitude ultimately. Um, and, and that's been a long journey. Um, and, and the book actually is, you know, part of the book is about that journey because empathy is also critical in reaching forgiveness. Um, and, you know, how do I get to the place where I can forgive my classmates who, you know, were 10 or 12 years old. We didn't really know what we were doing, but they, they had their own things that they were dealing with. And as I write about in the book, we were all just wounded animals. that's kind of bumping into each other. And it wasn't about me ultimately. It was about whatever they were going through. Uh, and that's how they were, you know, lashing out. So I have appreciation. I guess I would say I have gratitude um, for what I went through and how that has shaped me into the man that I've become. Spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning up after each meal. Stress-free eating is just one click away this spring. Factor's delicious meals range from Calorie Smart, Keto Protein Plus, to Vegan and Veggie, and they're ready in just two minutes. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. Head to factormeals.com gratitude50 and use code gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's gratitude50 at factormeals.com gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I think it's, it's so powerful and... Um, might be somehow even more powerful than the uh, link between gratitude and empathy the fact that by having empathy we can forgive easier and let go of some some things from the past that hurt us because if we just see our story and our part um, it's much harder to do it we just yeah. feel the hurt, the pain, the suffering. And um, when we look at the other person and we understand that in most cases, they were hurting as well. And uh, the things that they have done, they have done because of their own pain. And that actually helps us uh, heal. It, it actually helps us let go of those things. And 
<laughs> getting yeah. back to gratitude and having more gratitude for um for our lives and for our experiences and yeah i think that's wonderful and it's very powerful and important for us as human yeah. beings to do so i totally agree and it, it wasn't i needed to understand the five steps and get to the place that i was in my own studies around empathy so all of that forgiveness was achieved in 2017 which was my 30th high school reunion. That's a long time. And that's okay. It's totally okay. I, 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 you know, bristle against the, oh, the, everything has to be done quickly. We need to race into, uh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to be more empathetic. I'm going to go do these three things and, and be that way. Or suddenly magically I'll be, you know, I'll have more gratitude. And it's like, no, it's a journey. And we're all on this same similar journey but we're moving at different paces and, you know, because of the things that are happening to us. And had I not had the awareness of empathy and been so plugged into it when I went back to that reunion and I was, you know, and, and the, my classmates had to get to a place in their life where now suddenly they were, you know, we were all late forties. And, and so they were able to reflect differently on their childhood. They had kids that were, you know, teenagers are grown and out of the house and, and they're in a different place in their life. And it was by them being comfortable and able to open up, I was able to listen. I was able to get over my judgment and I was able to ask them questions and really listen to them and, and really work to understand and put myself into their shoes and like, okay, what was that like? What were you going through? Um, and, and, I mean, some of the things that my, my classmates had to go through and endured as children were, in my mind, far worse than, than what I suffered through. So it was like, okay, I, I can, I understand now. And I just, I remember we were all standing outside of this sort of lodge in, in the small town in Indiana. It was a hot August night. It was humid. You could hear the bugs chirping and everything. And it just hit me. It was like, oh my God we're all just wounded animals just bumping into each other. <laughs> and it's like, it doesn't excuse what they did. And that's the thing people have to remember. Like forgiveness doesn't excuse the behavior, but it lets you forgive them for doing it, which frees you to move on and, and to leave that behind you and, and heal and, and continue on on your journey. Um, but it took a hot night in Indiana 30 years after um to, for that for me to get to that place at least yeah definitely definitely and um what i think it's most important is the fact that you were able to do it and if there are listeners um that aren't yet able to do this have patience and know that um at one point you will be able to do this and um uh, it's going to be much easier um, from then on. And uh, since you were talking about uh, the past, I'm really curious if you remember when you discovered gratitude, like the the experience of gratitude, not just the, the concept, the idea, the word, but actually feeling grateful and feeling the gratitude. Yeah. Um, you know, I hmm, probably was experiencing it when I was younger, but I didn't have the vocabulary to really understand it. I think, um, you know, it's been, gosh, 20 years or so now when Oprah really started talking about gratitude. And that's when I think that and, and the secret, I think that was like the late 90s. Um, when that idea of the secret and what you put out into the universe is what you're going to attract, I really resonated with that sort of concept. Um, and I think that's when I became much more um, aware of how I was thinking about gratitude and how I was, I was behaving, um, at, you know, and thinking about gratitude. But I think from sort of an appreciation and having gratitude, I mean, I was always grateful. Um, I was 
you know, grateful for my family when I was growing up. I, I talk about how they were like a, it was like a safe harbor. Um, and I, I treated my home like a safe harbor when I was uh, growing up um, because, you know, the, they would, the seas were really rough outside. And if I had at least that uh, security and, and safety at home, that was good. And I think uh, I have a very close relationship with uh, one of my grandmothers in particular. I was very fortunate. I had both of my grandmothers uh, with me. One, I, one is still alive. She's 103 and a half. Um, wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Talk about grateful. And the other one, she just passed away in October. And, um, and my relationship with her wasn't as strong, but when she passed and as she was passing, um, I really started to reflect on what she taught me and the thing she was uh, from the South. Uh, so the 103 year old grandma, she lives in New York. Um, she's a force of nature, still lives on her own. She's really incredible. And, and it's, it's something for me not to take for granted and to have gratitude that oh, I'm, you know, I'm 53 and I still have a grandma who is still coherent. And I, you know, she'll call and talk to me. I bake, in kind of a turnaround, I bake cookies for her every two weeks and send her a batch of cookies. And she absolutely loves it. And she starts to, call, you know, she calls me when she gets them. And then she calls me a few days later when they're gone, wondering when the next batch is going to arrive. Um, <laughs> she talks about them, you know, it, she talks about them from a place of love and the the comfort that she gets from them because she knows that I've made them for her. and. Um, it's really, it's a, uh, for me, it's a very beautiful thing because uh, we've, you know, reversed the relationship somewhat where, you know, there's so many wonderful memories I have of food with my grandma and things that she would make. And now I'm able to, to repay that to her, um, which has been, been great. But I have to, you know, remind myself there are very few people that can get to their 50s and still have a grandma. Um, that, you know, to provide, you know, unconditional love and all the, the wonderful things that you get from that relationship. And then my grandmother, um, the one who just passed away, she was much more quiet and reserved. She was a, a uh, grew up in rural South Carolina. Um, you know, she was 98, almost 98 years old um, when she passed. So she was born in 1924 child of the depression and all of those things. And, and, and at this, you know, inflection that was happening in the South from, you know, how women are supposed to behave and race relations and just all the tension that was going on there. And she was just a very reserved sort of woman. She was also a very uh, religious woman and very spiritual and, you know, wanted us to go to church and continue to, to, you know, kind of, um, push that message on us, which personally for myself, I've always considered myself to be more spiritual than I have religious. But as an adult, I would make a point of going to visit her. We would, I would then go to church with her because I knew it was important for her. Um, but as she passed, I realized I was like, well, you know, if I think about my own spirituality and, and the way I move through the world, in that regard, it's different from hers, but she's probably the person in my life that has expressed the most uh, commitment to the ideas of spirituality and religion and um, higher powers. And um, I think, you know, as I, so I had that realization and therefore the gratitude for those lessons. And fortunately I was able to arrive uh, before she passed and, you know, they say hearing is the last thing to go. I was able to sit by her her bedside and thank her um, for wow. the gifts that she she gave me, and that you know I I was at least able to realize um, before she had passed like what she actually meant to me because I didn't have this closer relationship to her as I I did with the other my grandma, but just because it wasn't demonstrably 
close doesn't mean that you still aren't being influenced by somebody or you're, you're not picking up the lessons. And, and so I finally, it hit me. I was like, oh, that's where that came from. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I love how you anticipated uh, my last question because I was going to ask you about people in your life that you're grateful for. And I'm sure that... Um, I can I can give you more if you want more. <laughs> uh, yeah, feel free to do that. <laughs> I, I love these uh, these stories about your your grandmothers and um, yeah, like like we we talked about earlier. I was there, and I was able to uh, to feel your gratitude for her, and that's that's amazing. So yeah, if you if you have some. Uh, some more people that you would like to mention, feel free to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, my my husband, um, I'd certainly have gratitude for. And, you know, those relationships that are every day and, and right in front of you, you sometimes can take for granted um, and not have as much appreciation for. But through this process of you know writing a book and and having all the conversations and doing the things to to get a book out into the market and um, it, it's a full time job on top of a full time job because book writing doesn't pay money until the book is actually out and even then it may not pay money so I've been running my company and I've been running you know the launching the book and and my husband has just been. Uh, patient and understanding and supportive uh, through that whole process where, you know, so I end up writing on the weekend and that means that we don't have as much time together. Um, and, and he, you know, has been understanding and we've had to have conversations. There've been times where there's been some tension that's been created. And um, I mean, we're, fortunately communication is something that's, uh, very important to us. And as, as we talk about it is one of the things that we do very well. And as part of why we've been together for 21 years now, um, but why that's helped our relationship work, but having gratitude for what he's gone through, um, through this whole process and having some empathy uh, with him. And, um, you know, and I'm, grateful for the COO at my company who just makes everything run so smoothly and has taken things off of my plate so that I can do all these other things and have helped make, uh, make everything bigger and better. My friend, the yoga teacher that I was talking about earlier, she's my yoga teacher and I'm super grateful for her and the connection and having somebody that I can, uh, um, you know, that can help me with my own self-care. Uh, I'm really grateful for that. And then along with that, you know, my, I guess my team of self-care resources, uh, you know, Katie, my, my yoga instructor, Greg, my therapist, and Marie, my intuitive healer that I work with. And all three of them do really amazing things and have some wonderful gifts. Um, and I'm, I'm so fortunate to have them in my life and appreciative of that. Wow, I love that. And I particularly love the fact that you shared why you're grateful for them and um, you you shared your gratitude with us. I, I appreciate that. And um, since we're nearing the end of our time together, let our audience know where they can get in touch with you, where can, can they get the book? Yes, so... Um... The book is available, um, uh, hardcover and ebook. You can definitely order it anywhere in the world via Amazon, but also major uh, retailers. It is English language at this point. Um, but yeah, and that's uh, available starting February 22nd. Um, and then there's an audiobook that I'm currently recording right now. That's going to be coming out in May. Uh, you can learn more about the book and about myself uh, by visiting Five Steps to Empathy. So the number five, uh, five steps to empathy.com. 
Uh, you can also please connect with me. Find me on Instagram. I am empathy underscore activist. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at empathy activist. You can find me on Twitter at RM Volpe, V O L P E. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Just search Rob Volpe, empathy activist, and there's only one. So I would love it if, uh, if any of your listeners are interested to please reach out and, and connect, I would love to, to have that connection with them. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of these amazing stories and nuggets of wisdom. Thank, thank you. you, Georgian. And thank you for the work that you're doing and with this podcast and, and how much you're helping everybody uh, understand gratitude and, and helping them on their journey. It's a really beautiful thing. <laughs> thank you so much. Hey, Gratitude Seeker, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you experiencing more lack in your life than you used to? Unfortunately, some things are not in our control, but we can control how we see them. Join me on a seven-week journey from lack to abundance through gratitude. Go to georgianbenta.com slash abundance course. That's georgianbenta.com slash abundance course to join me now. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you experiencing more lack in your life than you used to? Unfortunately, some things are not in our control, but we can control how we see them. Join me on a seven-week journey from lack to abundance through gratitude. Go to georgianbenta.com slash abundance course. That's georgianbenta.com slash abundance course to join me now.